Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning. I'm going to need a few extra prayers. Working on a little throat deal here. Good morning. It is, <clears throat> it is great to be here. I was welcomed out there, as I always am when I come, by two or three or four or five, that you're back. I'm glad you're here. I noticed a couple of people ran, but um, I, I, thinking about a song that Brian, Brian just sang uh, about turning water into wine reminded me of a story. <clears throat> and it was this old guy in the south one Sunday morning driving erratically through town, and, and the police pulled him over, and, and uh, how, how you doing, sir? I was just fine. I said, thank you, sir. I'm fine. Well, what are you doing? Well, I was getting ready to go preach, to, preach the, the gospel. Oh, are you? Okay. And, uh, and what's that in that jar there? Oh, that's water, sir. I'm, I'm a servant of the Lord. That's, that's water. And the policeman smelled it, you know, and he said, uh, sir, that this is wine. And the guy says, praise God, he's done it again. <laughs> that just reminded me when he sang that song. Um, <clears throat> uh, and the way I was greeted this morning by several of you just warmed my heart. And uh, Jeff, how you were just bragging on Brian. We need to do that to each other all the time. You know that? I got a young guy that I, I, I meet for breakfast about once a month. He's my neighbor, and uh, he's 27. He's got Down syndrome. His name is, uh, can't even think of his name right now, but he's a very good friend. Um, <clears throat> Bradley. Bradley is his name. And when I meet him for breakfast at this little restaurant in Vicksburg, he always gets there a little bit first. And so when I'm walking by the window to get to the door, he's inside. Okay, and he sees me. What's not to like? You know? And, oh, I, I feel that every time I come here. In fact, the other day, Bradley said, uh, she said, what would you like, Bradley? He said, cheese omelet. And he always tells me, Bill, you're my favorite neighbor next to Jim. And Bradley's just a loving soul. He really is. And one day I told him when he was walking by, I said, Bradley, cool jeans, dude. I like cool jeans. He said, thank you, Mr. Sanders. The next day he was walking by, I could tell he was looking for me. And he saw me and he said, Mr. Sanders, Mr. Sanders. I could tell he'd been thinking about something. I said, yeah, Bradley, what is it? He goes, I like your clothes. Isn't that just precious? But the other day when Bradley said, uh, I like a cheese omelet. And... This is the coolest thing I've ever heard. She says, what kind of cheese? Swiss or American? He says, I'm not Swiss. I'm American. <laughs> is that beautiful? I mean, you, you can't write stuff that good, all right? But as I drove here this morning, I realized uh, it's getting to look a lot like winter. It's cold. I came in from Hastings. I was blessed to stay at the Androne house, and I'm sure I didn't pronounce it right, but it's a bed and breakfast, and oh my gosh, you ever want to just get pampered, go there. But as I came out, it looked like winter. It was cold, ice on my window. I haven't even got my scraper in the car yet. I used the bill of a hat. 
It doesn't work. But I passed by those fields, longhorn cattle, and it looked like Rowdy Eights back in Gunsmoke, or uh, uh, what was that show? Rawhide. That's what it looked like, rawhide. And anybody under anything doesn't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> <clears throat> it's winter. And it might be that, that, that season in your heart, too, like being stuck, like we were just singing about. Life is hard. Raise your hand if you've ever heard that. You know, life, life, life is tough. It really is. And it's kind of like Murphy's Law. You know what Murphy's Law is? Whatever can go wrong will go wrong. You ever get in seasons like that? A friend of mine said that, he says, I believe in O'Toole's Law, not Murphy's Law. I said, what's that? He said, O'Toole's Law says that Murphy was an optimist. <laughs> that means things are really going to go bad. <clears throat> but you know what? Here's the law I believe in. This law right here. You know what, you know what God's law says? All things are possible with Christ. You know what this law says? The Lord is my shepherd. I have no wants. Boy, for years I didn't know what that meant. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I thought it meant the Lord is my shepherd, I don't want him. I wish somebody would have explained that to me a long time ago. But this word says the Lord is my shepherd, I have no wants. God's law says, rejoice in all things. Again, I say rejoice. Life is tough, but God's got a way to make it so much easier. And I want to help you. Uh, I want for all of us to make this our best year ever. Who would like to make this next year, 2019, the best year ever? Raise your hand. All right. How many of you can identify some areas in your life where it could be better? Well, I got news for you. If you don't do anything different, it's not going to be better. And it's hard to do stuff that's different. You know why? Because we're creatures of, and we like to be in our habits. God has a plan for us. He really does. <clears throat> He's got a plan for each of us. And he wants us to know that he made us. And then he knows how we run. And he wants to be our fuel. God wants to take care of us. He knows us better than we do. He made us to run on him. Car manufacturers make cars to run on gas. Our cell phones run on battery power. God, we're his greatest invention. He made us to run on him. But there's a problem. He gave us a mind, and we think we're smarter than him. 
Other than that, everything's pretty easy. Yeah, that's the big problem. We don't trust him. Many of us have been, how many of you are regular attendees here at TBC? All right, you know the Lord, most all of you. You know the word, you get it preached and shared and as beautifully as any place in the world. And it hasn't done you much good, some of you. I know because I've gone to church regularly and it hasn't done me much good sometimes. You know why? Because I still think I'm smarter than God. I believe in this book right here, in the Word of God. Like my mentor Zig Ziglar says, I believe everything in here from Genesis to maps. God says it, I trust him. Now, if you don't know Jesus, I wouldn't blame you for... I wouldn't blame you for not trusting one thing in here. I trust it because I know the author. And for so many of you that have been walking with him for a while, you should trust it more than you do too. Yeah. God, when Jeff asked me to share how to make this the best year ever, the first thought that came to my mind was, Wow, that's exciting. I said, I'd love to. I put the phone down and I said, does he know that I'm trying to figure out how to make it through today? How many of you have ever just had a hard time making it through today? Well, I'm going to tell you how to have this be the best year ever. Guess why? By how you get through today. And then do the same thing tomorrow and on and on. The Lord in my prayer for this service and what I was going to share, gave me this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. How many of you have ever heard that? How many of you have heard it so much that it's just kind of like, well, I'd like something new. You know, we do take it for granted when our voices work. You know what I mean? We do. I've had to use this verse to get through 2018. My plate was full. Now, I'm not a complainer. You know, there's people that came in here this morning optimistic. People that came in here this morning a little pessimistic. And people that came in here kind of neutral. That's our nature. I've always believed, you know, is the glass half full or half empty? I've always been a full, full glass. It's all full of something. Half might be water, the rest is air. But that's a full glass. That's just my nature. I've always, that's just who I am. <clears throat> but even my optimistic, natural outlook on life, couldn't get me through these last three years. Three years ago, I had a stroke. Praise God, it, it, uh, I lost my eyesight for a short bit, but he blessed me with it back. Thank you, Jesus. The after effect of it has left me with panic attacks. I've never had panic attacks. It's left me depressed at times. In the first nine months, severe depression. It's left me afraid of people. How many of you know that when you're a motivational speaker and you're afraid of people, they they don't go together good? 
Yeah, okay. But I'm glad that that's my new normal because I don't go anywhere without the Lord. I went everywhere without him before. I didn't need him. I was never afraid. I was pretty self-sufficient. Things went pretty good for me. I need him now. Yeah. How many of you have things in your life where you're pretty sure you need him now too? Good. That's a good place to be. The next thing that rocked my world, this has been about a year ago, our son, 30 years old, the love of my life. We adopted him and his sister when they were two. Mm. A year ago, at the age of 32, he decided to want nothing to do with us. No contact, totally estranged. He's changed his name. My heart is broken. I'm grieving. I'll be grieving until the day I die. But God has shown me that by loving him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, I can have joy while I'm grieving. It'd be easy for me to just roll up in a corner and stay there. But I've got a lot of other people that need me to be alive. I noticed that God put people in my life to model this. I worked for a man for seven years that lost his daughter in the Columbine shooting. And for seven years, he modeled to me what it was like to be grieving and still choose life and joy. I've had to choose life and joy or I wouldn't be here today. The third thing that has just really been the icing on the cake, which I'm so thankful for now, but I sure didn't see it a year ago, was a neighbor that feels his job in life is to persecute me. I don't know why. I think it's God allows it, and I think it's to make me a better person because I am a better person. He thinks I steal from him. He thinks I've lied to him, and he tells other people about it. We couldn't even look out the left window of our house. My wife wants to move. So this last year, I hated the fact that I wanted to kill this guy. No, not really. But as they're building his house right next to me, I hated the fact that I thought of so many ways that I could sabotage it so that later on, like next summer, not when his wife or kids are there, but it would fall on him. And I hated the thought that I enjoyed that. And I hated the thought that I was angry and that I was broken and that I couldn't think of God because all I could think of was him. I hated that. So I had to choose love. I had to choose love. I know the rules. If you're going to be in this this group, this Christian gang, whatever we call it, there's two things that are paramount. I hate them. Love and forgiveness. So I knew I had to love him because I hated the fact. I've been walking with the Lord for 39 years. I am a man of God. I love the Lord. I love Jesus. He has shown himself to me and he has shown himself to you. I was with my dad in the basement one day working on the furnace. And something grabbed my shoulder and it yelled in my ear, run. I ran around the corner. And as I went around the corner, my little girl, year old, just learning to walk, had just fallen down the steps. 
She hit on the middle step. I dove full force, caught her in my arms. And at the bottom of the steps, with my wife at the top and my dad behind me, I was weeping, saying, God just saved our little Emily. This is the Jesus I know. That's why I believe this. A man challenged us at our church one time to hand out 10 little gospel tracts. You know those little booklets that tell about how we're in sin and we need a Savior and to ask Jesus to be your Lord? I'd never even heard of them at the time. I was a brand new believer. I took 10 of them, promised that I would hand them out in the next month. The next morning at school, I handed out nine of them. I did the assembly with 500 kids. <clears throat> they all went back to class. The principal said, if you want to talk with Bill, stay here. So the first boy or girl came over and said whatever he said to me, I forget. And then I said, hey, would you like to know for sure if before you're going to die, if you're going to go to heaven or not? I didn't know you could. I said, I didn't either until I started reading this little book. Look here. It says about asking Jesus. We're sinners and we need a Savior. Would you like to ask Jesus in your heart? No, but could I take the book? Sure. Next one. Next one. Now, I'm all out. But there's still about nine kids left. And I'm thinking to myself, I should have been doing this all my life. And the Lord said, you just heard about it last night at church. I go, oh, that's right. I said, well, I'll get their name and addresses, and I'll write them a letter, and I'll send one of these, which is what I did for the next 30 years, sent out over 40,000 of those. Anyway, I've got nine or ten more kids. I'm getting ready to talk to the next kid, and a boy from the hallway walks over to me. I said, just a minute. And he walks over. He was short, thick glasses, pimples. And he said, you're a Christian, aren't you? I said, yeah, thanks for noticing. He said, oh, I noticed. I'm a Christian too. He said, I would like you to pray for me. I said, what is it? He said, this is my first day at this school. And my goal in the next two years is to share Jesus with everybody in this school. I said, I've got a new hero. I shook his hand. He started to walk away. And then he said, oh, I almost forgot. God wanted me to bring you these. And he handed me 30 more tracks. Those and about 40 other stories we don't have time for is why I believe in this. So many of you have had God take care of you, save you, protect you. We call it circumstances when he decides to stay anonymous. We call it uh, uh, coincidences when he decides to stay anonymous. But how many of you can remember times where God let you drive home safe that night and you shouldn't have? Thousands of things. Yeah. Yeah. You and I have a goal, and that's to live the kind of life so that we can sleep. I love the song. I love the, the idea. So many times it's been mentioned today. It's hard to sleep at night. I want to sleep. I want to be at peace. I don't know about you. God has shown me how to love Jesus, okay? He says, you have to do it with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And you know what the trick is? <laughs> he says, we have to love Jesus this way. It takes effort, okay? But we have to do the same thing with ourselves and others. That's where we don't realize it. 
When God says, love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself, he said, this is the greatest commandment. He's revealed to me many times that it takes the same amount of effort to love ourselves and our neighbors. And that's the kind of effort we can only do with God. How to love Jesus. How to love God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. If you've never met him, you can't love him. You've got to accept his gift. His gift is Jesus. His gift is salvation. It says, by, safe you, by grace we've been saved through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift. Otherwise, we would boast. You accepted Christmas presents as gifts. You'll never have the greatest year this year if you don't know him and take him and have him go with you. And the beautiful thing about having Jesus is that you get the Holy Spirit. Because he said, I have to leave, but my comforter, I will leave with you. The beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is he gives us the desire to want more of God. And he shows us how to. And he lives through us to do it. And when you get the Holy Spirit... Oh, he becomes, he lives in us. If you have Jesus, your body is a temple. You're not your own. And when you get the Holy Spirit, guess what you get? All the goodies that go with it. The fruits of the Spirit. Actually, they're just called the fruit because you get them all. And each one of us, look what we have inside of us. Love. Joy. Joy isn't just for Christmas. It's for cold Sunday mornings when you don't have a scraper. Peace. I pray for the house next to me. I love my neighbor and his wife. I pray for those builders. One of the builders has chronic pain. He sings every day. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all that's in you. But we don't realize it sometimes because we don't use it. When you go home, it's dark. All you have to do is flip the switch, light comes on. It would really benefit all of us not to flip the switch tonight when it gets dark. Just to realize, how stupid are we, honey? We're in the dark. We're trying to eat in the dark. How foolish. Well, we're doing the same thing with our faith. We're not using all of our faith. I'm a tennis player. In tennis, when the ball comes, you're supposed to keep your eye on the... So when here's the ball, like this, keep my eye on it over here, hit it. Now, in baseball, you're also supposed to keep your eye on the... In golf, you're supposed to keep your eye on the... There's a difference between all these sports and tennis. In golf, you do keep your eye on the ball. Because if you don't, you're going to what? Miss it. Baseball. Little ball, little bat. You better keep your eye on it. Even then, you're probably going to miss it. Do you know that if you hit just three out of ten, you'll be in the Hall of Fame? That's why you've got to keep your eye on the ball, but not tennis. Mm-mm. Little ball, 
big racket. You know why tennis players don't keep their eye on the ball? Because even though we don't look over here, we always hit the ball. Now, they're not good hits, but we always hit the ball. And because we always hit the ball, we don't keep our eye on the ball. I could be really good if I had a normal voice right now, I can tell you that. <clears throat> In our faith, we're playing tennis. We don't have to read this Bible. I didn't read this Bible near as much two years ago before my son left than I do now. I got to read this. I got to put love in my heart because I want to sleep at night. I hated the fact that I had some other person and circumstances control my emotions. I did. I don't want that to be that for you either. Here's how you love God. You put effort into it. You put effort into it in such a way that you can't help but love him. Okay? And here's just a few things. Read the Bible. Church, Bible study, men's and women's groups. God gave us all these things. There was a man during the war that said, I don't need to love. I I I I've met God. I met him during the war. He was real. C.S. Lewis said to him, that's good. He said, I don't need your religious studies. <clears throat> I don't need to read that book. I've seen the real thing. <clears throat> and C.S. Lewis said, that's good, but you know what? It'll do you no good. You can't grow from that. It's like being on the ocean. I'd rather be in the waves. I feel the ocean than studying a book about it. But if you don't also study the book, you'll never know how to get on a boat and that the ocean doesn't just stop there. It goes around the world because all these people have experienced this before, and wow, and that's how you love God. You let everybody help you. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God over and over and over and over. Don't ever settle for just a little bit of God. The last two things are a lifetime study in themselves. I'll just point to them. First one is how to love others. We don't know how to love others. I'm going to go back to that. Can we pull that back up on the screen a minute? There. It's the same as you love yourself. We don't always like ourselves. It's okay not to always like other people. But you hope and pray for your best. You should do the same for them. We're patient with ourselves. That's how you love them. We believe in ourselves. Believe in them. We always see our best self in the future. That's how you love your neighbor, just like you see it in you. You should hurt when they hurt. You should give them the benefit of the doubt. We always want people to give us the benefit of the doubt. God says, the greatest commandment is to love me hard, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You will have the greatest day today, the greatest year this year, if you will learn to be sad when someone else is hurting, to not want anything except for their best. Well, I've been practicing these things for the last 20, 39 years. But for the last year, I've had to cling to them. Or I couldn't sleep. I'd have no joy. 
<clears throat> I found this leaf on my drive out here yesterday on one of the back roads. And it's from an oak tree. I hated to break this little end of a branch off, but it was already, or I broke it off. I want you to notice the rest of this winter, oak leaves on oak trees. A lot of the leaves have come off. How many of you know you had to rake them? Yeah. <clears throat> this was a hard year for raking because it happened between and after snow. And but there's a lot of leaves on oak trees. A lot of other trees, all their leaves are gone. But oak trees got some stubborn leaves. It's mighty. It grows slow. It's, it's, it's quite a tree. Now, some of you don't trust in God because you haven't seen anything happen. There's another tree that you can water it and plant it the first year. They fertilize it. They water it and plant it the second year. More fertilizer. Nothing. They water and plant it. The th they, they fertilize it and water it the third year. Nothing. Fourth year, fifth year, nothing. Who would keep watering and fertilizing something that didn't even come out of the ground? <coughs> the Chinese do. It's the bamboo tree. Because they've been faithful and watered it and fertilized it regularly, on time, like we should be disciplined, sometime in the sixth year, in just a matter of a few weeks, it grows 80 feet tall. And nothing would have happened without all that tending to it for five years. What I'm saying today is not exciting. I don't have my voice. I'm not my true self. I'm really quite a funny guy. And what I'm saying today can be kind of boring, even for people who love the Lord, because he still gave us that mind, and we still think we're smarter than him. Well, I want you to notice those leaves all winter. And some of these stu uh, stubborn ones, wind, ice, will not even touch them. Half your barn will fall apart with what's going to happen this winter. But some of those leaves won't even be touched until spring. And when the new life starts coming through, it'll pop them right off. Every one of them. And some of us, actually all of us, need that new life daily. That's why we got to keep going to the well. And that's why we got to practice loving our neighbors as ourselves. And keep practicing. And keep working hard at loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. I don't even know what a soul is, but you got to work at it. Guess what will happen? You might be in a place someday where you're afraid of people. The love of your life won't even let you, won't even return a text. Or somebody real near to you is bothering you on purpose. But you'll have peace. I don't want anything to rock your world. But things will if you go alone. But with God, you can not only have a great, wonderful today, you can make it last all through this upcoming year. Don't do it alone. 
he gave us the recipe. Think about it and put it into practice. Have your year be one where you and God walk together and make it a great one. God bless you all. Thank you very much. Thank you.